Everyone, Stephen Peters here with Dr. Rob Zammett. And welcome back to The Doggy Pod. The podcast where you learn everything you need to know about your best friend, the dog. And in this episode, we'll be talking about grooming. And I don't mean the best in show type of grooming, but the basics. Like, should you be cutting your dog's nails? And how often should you do that? And something I always get asked, how often should I clean my dog's ears? We'll also be talking about doggy bad breath. What does it mean? It means you end up with a whole lot of bad breath in your face when the dog jumps on the bed. But more importantly, what can we do about it? And do dogs get headaches? We'll chat about that a bit later. And our celebrity dog breed this week is a Shetland sheepdog. But this Shetland sheepdog is just one of seven dogs owned by one of the most recognised and sometimes controversial singers in the world. And our special celebrity guest this week is television and radio presenter and sports broadcaster, Mr. Tim Webster. And you'll hear about Tim's love of dogs shortly. But first, Rob, how's it been at the clinic this week? Well, we had an unusual case for me um, because it was a dog that I did not want to really take on as a client because the dog was in such a bad way. I honestly thought it was possibly the end of the dog. Quite a, few, a couple of weeks ago, the gentleman brought in his old dog, carried it in because he couldn't walk, put it down, said, I'd like you to do stem cells on this dog. I said, oh. What does that mean, do stem cells? Yeah. We, stem cells are used in human and in veterinary medicine these days. Stem cells are very uh, primitive cells, if you like, that change into a different type of st- cell. You know, if you think about an embryo, it starts off as just a one-cell organism that divides and divides. It has to divide. That embryo, that cell, has to divide into all different types of cells. It has to become muscle cells. It has to become liver cells, skin cells, bones, etc. And stem cells have the ability to divide and become something that's needed in the body in a certain area. This dog was very, very arthritic. What we do is we take fat from the animal, process it, and fat used to, we used to think fat was just an area of extra calories that we have, but there's lots of other things in fats, lots of other reserves. And one of the reserves is stem cells. So we put it through various paces in our laboratory and emulsifiers, etc. And we, div- we extract all the stem cells from the fat. We hit it with a laser. Good old Einstein, he really did a lot for, for humanity and developed a laser and we use that to stimulate these stem cells and then we inject it back into the body in areas it's needed. In this case it was in a lot of different joints. Well that was a few weeks ago that that happened. He came in this week, the dog trotted down my hallway, came up to my desk and punked his front feet on the desk. I have never Mm -hmm. been so happy for a dog to just clear my desk with his front feet as I have that day. It was fantastic. This old dog he just said to me, look, you know, I, I told you it would work because <laughs> I was saying, I'm not so sure, sir. It's an old dog. You know, should we be doing it? He wanted to do it. I, against, against what I thought was my better judgment, my better judgment, judgment was wrong. This dog did so well with stem cell therapy. Very, very proud of that. Uh, what happened with that dog. And he's going on to have a few more months or years. I don't know which at this stage. We never know when it's time, but the dog is happy at the moment. That's the other thing that we can learn from our dogs. 
live in the moment. The dog is happy now and he's just living with his owner in a happy place. That's what, how we should be. Hopefully he'll get a few more years out of his dog no, after, I hope so. after that. Okay, time for our quiz question this week, and that is puppies are delivered how many weeks after conception? Is it 36, 22, 9, or 4? Rob will give us the answer to that uh, a little bit later. Now, Rob is a show judge and a breeder of show dogs, so he knows pretty much everything there is to know. But let's just talk about some of the basics for your average dog owner. Let's start with the ears. It feels like it might be a bit dangerous to be poking around in our dog's ear canal. Is that right? Oh, absolutely correct. A lot of people insist on cleaning the dog's ears every week. And then what happens, of course, they've damaged the ear. And I'm not talking about the eardrum further down the ear, but just the actual canal itself gets damaged if you're cleaning it unnecessarily or cleaning it in the wrong way. Firstly, when should I clean my dog's ears? Have a smell of them. I mean, use all your senses when you're looking after your dog. One of them is your nose. You'll know if it's got problems in its mouth by bad breath. Same with the ear. Have a smell of the ear. It should smell you know, neutral or a little bit sweet. It certainly shouldn't be a pugnant smell. I would have thought most people have probably never cleaned their dog's ears. Well, and I don't mind that. If the ear does not need cleaning, you shouldn't touch it. I agree with that. You know, people are saying to me, how often should I clean my dog's ears? I say only when necessary and, and possibly only under veterinary advice. So have a look. If you see a lot of black discharge, it needs cleaning. If it is real malodorous, you know, just a real stink to it, it needs cleaning. How do I clean the ears? Get yourself a good ear cleaner for dogs and just some cotton wool, not cotton buds, just loose cotton wool. Have someone hold the dog's head so he doesn't shake all the ear cleaner out. Flood the ear canal and massage. Massage, massage. And when you're a bit bored, massage a bit more. Now you need to take a few minutes to massage. Then get the cotton wool, loose cotton wool, introduce it into the ear and pull it out. Don't go rubbing it around. We're not cleaning silverware here, folks. If you start rubbing it around, you damage the inside of the ear. You just need to get put the cotton wool in, pull it out. Keep doing that until the cotton wool comes out clean. The ear is, is done, and you can do the same with the other ear. So put the ear cleaner in, massage down the ear canal. Learn where your dog's ear canal is. It's a lot lower than the opening, a lot lower. Have a feel of it. That's where you need to massage, and all this brown gunk in dirty ears will come to the surface. You can just dab with the cotton wool there, get the brown gunk out, and then put cotton wool all the way down, pull it out. Do not poke in hard do not press it in hard just in and out with cotton wool don't rub it around please and only clean the ears when necessary simple thing if you're not sure go to your veterinarian he'll know or she will know whether the ears need attention or not now another grooming area of the dog of course is uh, is their nails Right. Should we be clipping them or do they just kind of get scratched down to a safe level just from walking around? If your dog has a good uh, tight foot, in other words the toes are nicely tight together and arched and most dog breeds that's what they should have and if they get walked on a bit of a hard surface they'll often wear them down and do not need attention. If the nails are getting too long then tread carefully folks because Inside the dog's nail, unlike ours, inside the nail, there is a vein, there is an artery, and there is a nerve. And if you cut that, 
you will cause a lot of pain. Plus, your dog will never want anyone touching its feet again. It really, really hurts if you cut a dog's nerve that's in there. The vein artery and nerve is sometimes referred to commonly as the quick, which is inside there. So if you're going to cut the nails, make sure you have the right appliance. You have proper nail trimmers that you've bought from the pet shop and just take the tips off if you're not sure. If your dog has clear nails, now a lot of dogs have black nails, Stephen, you can't see inside the nail, so you won't see the quick. If it's a, a clear nail, you'll actually see the pink fleshy part. You must avoid that at all time. If you're not sure but your dog has sharp nails, get a file, not a nail file, just one that you buy from the hardware, and just file it back a little bit. As you trim a little bit or file back a little bit, the quick recedes. So after a week or two, you can just take a little bit more back and do it slowly. Hasten slowly when you're doing nails. Sometimes it's just easier to pay someone to do it for you because if you hurt your dog, you'll never forgive yourself. If you do cut it too much and it's bleeding a lot, don't panic. Just hold something over it. Often just some corn flour, would you believe? Put on there and then hold it on. Hold it for a good minute, no peeking, and it'll clot. Unless you've gone right back and cut the artery hard, that will usually just stop the bleeding. I'm sure your dog will let you know either way whether you're doing it uh, the right way or the wrong way. (laughs) Very much so. Now, my dog often has shocking bad breath. Mm -hmm. Now, is that due to anything in particular? And if so, what can we do to um, give your dog fresh minty breath? Oh, yeah. Well, one thing you need to make sure, of course, is the teeth. Most common reason dogs have bad breath is bad teeth. So have a look at the teeth. If they look terrible, if they look yellow or, or tartar, or if there's inflamed gums, if you can see a lot of redness in those gums, I'm afraid it's a trip to the vet and get those teeth properly scaled back and trimmed. Um, if the teeth are only a little bit yucky, you can use a raw bone once a week or once a fortnight even, not a chicken bone, no poultry of any kind, no turkey nothing like that i don't like raw poultry for dogs um, and you're better off using a, a lamb neck or a lamb brisket or a, a, a beef brisket it, the dog will chew on that and scrape the teeth and that cleans the teeth very very well we did do a segment not so long ago about trying to brush your dog's teeth if you're into that you can give it a try for me giving the bone is much easier The other thing, reason if the teeth are all good, you've still got bad breath, it's a trip to the vet because there could be something going on. Of course, watch what you're feeding. Make sure you're feeding a good quality food because that can cause bad breath. If it's a bad quality food and it's fermenting, that will cause it. But it may be tonsils. Dogs get tonsillitis or it could be infection and abscess somewhere else in the mouth that your veterinarian will have to have a look at and address accordingly. One other thing that can sometimes help with dogs that get bad breath and no one knows why you know it's the vet's checked it you've checked everything's been done and they still get this not so nice breath a little bit of rosemary fresh rosemary chopped up and mixed with his food for some reason it seems to give that dog that uh, fresh mint breath that you talk about Uh, it can really help their dogs with bad breath It, it might make their breath smell like a sunday roast very nice. <laughs> which, is, which is not all bad, of course. Um, do dogs get headaches? I often see dogs yep. and they look pained and they, they're, you know, they've got a frown and I just think, gee, I wonder if that dog's got a headache. 
Look, it's been looked at, actually. There's been some studies that have proven that dogs do get headaches from time to time. So if your dog's having a bad day, it could just be that. You know, if your dog's not coming when it's cold and doesn't want to eat, it could just be just having a headache. One of the things that, uh, and I unfortunately had this in the clinic, it's a dog that I'm looking after at the moment, a beautiful Labrador, and he has a brain tumour. It was found in by MRI because he was head pressing. What do I mean by head pressing? Yeah, when you've got a headache, you hold your hand on your forehead. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dogs will go up to a wall or a cupboard or something and just press their head gently up against it to relieve pain in the head. It's head pressing the way we do. And that's an indication it could be having a headache or in this poor dog's case, he was doing it so often and then started seizuring. turned out to be a brain tumour that we're trying to medically address for as long as possible. Now, I'm guessing we probably shouldn't be giving our dogs... Panadol or aspirin or anything well, like that. Well, you can. They are safe as long as you use the right dose. If you don't know the dose, don't use it. Small, you I need, would imagine. It's a small dose. You need to weigh your dog, know the dog's weight, and make sure you're giving the right amount. If you're not sure, just, again, ring your veterinary hospital. Your veterinary nurse will often talk to you on the phone about the dosage for your particular dog. So just be very, very cautious about those drugs. They are quite acceptable in dogs, both paracetamol and uh, salicylic acid or aspirin. Both of those things can be utilised very successfully in dogs, but the dose rate has to be correct. If you overdo it, you will destroy the liver. So while we're talking all things grooming, um, Rob, you're a show dog judge and a, and a breeder of show dogs. You must have seen some wacky stuff, some extreme lengths that dogs <laughs> dog breeders have gone to when they're showing their dogs because they take it very seriously and, and, and rightfully so. There's a lot of work goes into it. They certainly do, Stephen. I have seen some of the funniest and ridiculous things that people will do to make sure their dog is presented correctly. Go on, give us, give us one good story, one well, good juicy story. I, I saw this little woman carrying a Great Dane. I'm serious because it was raining and she wanted to show the judge that you know, it's got lovely feet and didn't want to walk it through the mud. Now, for goodness sakes, you're going to do your back end, woman, I said to her. She said, oh, no, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm strong enough. And she carried it from her tent all the way to ringside so the dog wouldn't... A great day. A great day. And, Stephen, this woman was probably four foot six, uh, you know... In dripping wet at, at the best and she was carrying this Great Dane I, and Great Danes are big dogs I don't actually have the strength I wouldn't be able to carry it that far but I guess she was able to do it she didn't want to get the little feet wet he didn't like the rain she said there you go I reckon there's probably a whole episode uh, we, we might do <laughs> soon just on showing dogs and some of the stories uh, behind the scenes stories on on in, from the dog showing world. I, I think. think one day we'll even do a, a live broadcast from uh, a dog show. Ooh. Now our celebrity dog breed this week is a Shetland Sheepdog. Now Yo. not in old English. I want you to tell me the difference in a sec. Mm. Uh, and this Shetland Sheepdog is owned by singer Miley Cyrus, who owns six other dogs, but the Shetland is named Emu, and he is supposedly her favourite so much that she has a tattoo of emu on her back. 
So, Rob, what's what is a Shetland sheepdog, and w- how different is that to what we all know, I guess, as an old English sheepdog? Yeah, the old English sheepdog sometimes called the Dulux dogs because du- the correct. company Dulux have had them as their symbol for many, many years. But the Shetland sheepdog, the difference is firstly about two feet. Um, the Shetland sheepdog's a little dog. They're only a, you know, a couple of hand spans in height. That's it for for this breed. That doesn't sound like a good breed for being a sheepdog, considering sheep are considerably taller than that. Great when you're on the Shetland Islands oh. and you've got all those rocks and things to climb and jump around. A big dog could easily uh, not find its footing, whereas a little dog, a lot less weight on slippery surfaces and is not going to slide down. Like a big dog's going to put its weight on a rock that might be a bit slippery and slide all the way down. Mm, good point. Shetland sheepdogs, no. They are really good little sheepdogs, actually, quite amazing. And because they're all heart, they are just beautiful, great for children, lovely for children because they're small. And so kids, young kids, that's the size they want. A dog staring them in the eye, eyeballing them eye to eye, can be a bit off-putting for some children. So a little Shetland sheepdog is ideal. They've got a lot of hair. They're well-coated. The standard says, believe it or not, a sweet expression. And if you look at these dogs, they are Everything sweet is in their face. They have semi-erect ears. If you imagine a collie, you've, most people have seen Lassie, you know, oh, yes, the dog yeah. breed. That's what they're sometimes referred to as little Lassies. They're like a little Lassie dog. Okay, I get collie. it now. Yes, Very, yes. very furry, a lot of coat, very sweet. Um, they still need you know, a bit of grooming because they've got a fair bit of coat, but they're not a high-maintenance dog. But generally, they're, they're a breed that do not have a lot of issues with bones and things like that. They have a lot of issues with what's called luxating patellas or dislocating kneecaps. Not as common in this breed. And they're a good sound breed that you can think of as a low-maintenance breed, not expensive to run. They do really well as a family dog, but will always be with you. They'll keep up with anything you want to do. Good little guard dogs. They will, you know, they're not a dog that's going to launch themselves at someone, but they'll let you know if someone's outside. They'll quickly alert and bark and let you know somebody's out there. But great little dogs. I love them dearly. Okay, thanks, Miley Cyrus, for putting us on to that. Now, during the week, Dr. Rob caught up with TV and radio sports and news presenter Tim Webster. Your dog. Yeah. How important is it to you? Uh, look, I, it's very hard for me to say that I love my current dog more than any of the others, as you know, because you were my vet. I had German Shepherds for a long time. <laughs> That's right. And I, and I loved them. I had uh, especially Oscar and Emmy because they were the only awards I'd ever get. Um, <laughs> and they were they were gorgeous. But I've had uh, two Roddies in recent times. Roscoe, who, uh, well, he made it till he was nearly 10, but he ended up with uh, some very bad arthritis in his back legs, which, as you know, can be an issue. But um, my current Roddy, Lido... Uh, a female Roddy. She's just adorable, mate. I mean, I, I love my family, I love my friends, but uh, this dog is she's funny, she's got a sense of humour, she's an, incredibly loyal, and she's just a beautiful girl. A few years ago, you were an inspiration to all of us. Um, you went through hell and back with uh, cancer surgery. A lot yeah. of people wouldn't have survived it. All you said, oh, I just drew the short straw. I was amazed when you said that on, on television and you came in and said, you know, you've got to fight. You've got to fight, guys. What was that well, like? And how, how important were your dogs to you then? Uh, very important, mate. I, I mean, they sense things. You know this. They sense 
when you're not well. And um, Roscoe I had at the time, and he knew I wasn't well, and he just hung around me all the time. He was adorable. I'll say, at the time, uh, I did thought my number was up a couple of times because, yes, I was I was very crooked. But, uh, I've oh, yeah. So you tell me, your dog now, um, what's he, you see he's a real clown, he's a real, real character. Yeah, she, she's a character. She's... Um, She's incredibly funny. Uh, she's a very typical Rotty there. As you know, they love their families and they're very territorial. Uh, but she's just the most loyal girl. I go for a walk with her every day during the week. I take her down to the creek where we live now and she pokes along and has a run and uh, has a sniff of everything and never leaves me out of her sight. She's always looking back behind her to make sure I'm with her. And uh, it's the highlight of my day, it really is. And she's, uh, as you know, they're just friends, uh, and they're very loyal friends, and I'll never judge you. They're incredible people, dogs, and I call them people because I think that's what they are. You remember Chloe, hey? You had Chloe yes. with you, my little, yes. uh, uh, my little girl. Well, we lost Chloe, but she was, oh, mate, nearly 16. Uh, wow. And in the end, uh, as you know, she just, oh, her, her liver failed, and um, she couldn't really stand up very well anymore, and she was going to the loo everywhere, so uh, she's very quietly and very beautifully buried at the place that, uh, where we live, under a tree, and uh, I hope mm. she's a happy girl. Yeah, and, and look, what you said is so true. It's not that you love this one more or less. No, um, no. Each one is a different love. That's all it is. Yeah. They're each a different love, aren't they? They're, just, yeah, they all have their, they're very unique and they're very different. They've got different personalities. Uh, they behave differently, and uh, certain breeds of dog I've found over the years uh, behave differently and you know some people say oh the little dogs they don't like little dogs because they're yappy well they don't have to be um, you know as you know they tend to be yappy when they're bored so you keep dogs active uh, and involved in their lives and they'll be great yeah exactly right well it's been wonderful catching up with you it's really good yeah, yeah, so. yeah you too Okay, that just about wraps up this episode, but uh, I know you're all wondering what's the answer to the quiz question, which was, puppies are delivered how many weeks after conception? Is it 36 weeks, 22 weeks, 9 weeks, or 4 weeks? Now, I'm not a vet, as you've probably gathered, and Dr. Rob is. What's the answer, Rob? 63 days, ah, which is 9, nine weeks, weeks after very conception. Quick. That's very, very quick. quick. They're born, of course, with... Uh, no sense of sight, their eyes are closed and they can't hear. But they can smell and they quickly smell and get to the mother's breasts and suckle and taste and they're fine. How long after birth then do they um, do their eyes open? Ten days, usually around ten days wow. their eyes open and their hearing starts to come in about two weeks. That's when they start you know, seeing a little bit of the world. So they, up to that point, they're just relying on smell? On smell and mum. Mum has and to touch. do everything for them, including, would you believe, toileting them. So they can't go to the toilet on their own. Mum has to... Okay, folks, stop. Put your, put your uh, dinner plates down for a sec. Mum has to lick their little bottoms and make them go to the toilet or their um, you know, urinary tract areas, vaginas and penises, to make them actually express all their... Excrement that way, otherwise, they can't go to the toilet, they'd get constipated and die. That takes a mother's love to a whole new level, <laughs> I think. There you go, it sure does, doesn't it? Anyway, that's it for us for this week. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please subscribe and, and tell as many people as you think might enjoy it. We, uh, we love bringing it to you, and we will see you next week on the Doggy Pod. Yeah, and for me, I remember 
Harry S. Truman, he was president of the USA, president of America, and therefore had to be in Washington, D.C. And he said, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. <laughs> See you later.